so I don't even know where to start on it. Yeah, we was talking about how what the fuck was we talking about? Um, talking about how having another person in your life to self-reflect on can be beneficial for growth. Yes. Or some form of that statement. Basically saying like how you and I have each other to grow on. If I'm doing something wrong, if I'm by myself and I'm self-reflecting on what I did wrong, that could be detrimental to my growth because I only have a one-sided perspective. So I'm going into the situation like, well, this other person was wrong. I don't really see how I was wrong. Versus when I have you, you're able to tell me, no, lady, you were in the wrong for this, this, and this reason. And you're able to point it out to me as opposed to it just staying in my head and I'm able to make excuses against my bad actions. Right. And I, in that situation, that shit, that made me raise a question of even when I point out something that you're doing wrong, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't take away the fact that I can still be biased in that situation because yeah. um, I'm on the end, I'm on the receiving end of something being something wrong being done to me so Mm -hmm. it's like um you have a bias for yourself yeah i got a bias for myself so it's like i don't really i'm trying to figure out how the hell we combat that Mm -hmm. i think it's mainly just because of how we communicate in the first place like we both will speak up on something that we're doing or something that was done to us that was wrong or we felt wrong by Mm -hmm. and we just have a conversation off of that with that, I, I know that we do have our own personal biases, but we've also come to the understanding that even though we have different perspectives on a situation, that doesn't make either perspective any less real. It, it in fact, enhances the situation because now you have a full scope of what happened from your perspective and from the other person's. Mm-hmm. That's like that picture with the six and the nine on the yeah. ground, but two people see it differently, but it's both the same thing. Like, if I only see it from my perspective in only one way, then I, I won't understand where you were coming from and why you might react a certain way to something that I'm doing. Yeah. For example, I don't freaking know. Uh, like, say I'm saying something to you and I say it in a weird tone or something like that. In my mind, from my perspective, I'm just, you know, like, in a regular freaking tone and then you might perceive that as you know i might have an attitude or something like that i don't know that if you don't tell me so now i'm able to replay that in my head like okay i could see how you could take that as me having an attitude and you might not be the only person that sees it that way so i'm able to kind of change up my actions and be more mindful to other people's perceptions of me because Mm -hmm. the way i see something isn't always going to be the way another person sees something and i think we're like most relationships and shit like that with other like with with other people and shit like that like when you was mentioning uh me speaking like up until the point that i speak up on it like it can continue to be a problem because nobody is vocalizing hey you doing this to me and i don't Mm -hmm. like it you feel me like if you never speak up on it you're going to continue to have that issue within Mm -hmm. your relationship and shit like that so that mainly just sums up why communication is key, but also comprehension, like understanding mm. why this affects me, why I hate this, why I don't yeah. like that. Because it, it usually with us, it stems from, it's not more so that we're re- reacting towards to each other 
because of how we're being treated, but it's more so a deeply rooted issue mm -hmm. that we haven't healed from before we even got together. So yeah. that situation made me respond like this because when I was younger, this happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so when I responded like this, it kind of stopped happening like that. You feel mm -hmm. me? But all in all, that was still an unhealthy way to respond. And nobody else in your life was able to tell you, hey, that's not how you respond to that situation. There's yeah. a better way to respond to that. There's a healthier way to respond to that type of situation. Without that reflection, you're just constantly going through repeating the same bad yeah. habits. And I like what you said about um, not only communication, but comprehension. I think that's a great one that goes tit for tat with that word. Like, I'm always talking about, like, communication is key, communication is key. But comprehension is almost like the lock or something like that. Yeah. It goes right there with that key. Because you can be talking to a person all day long and communicating what you're saying. But if they don't comprehend or understand your point of view, then you're not really going to get anywhere. Like, we can talk about, you know, how I might have done you wrong or how you might have done me wrong. But if we don't understand why the person feels that way... And, and what they're saying and where they're actually coming from, then the situation doesn't get solved. Yeah. That comes in a lot with empathy. Yeah. That was funny. I'm going to keep you in <laughs> That was fucking funny. The way how he, he, he went down. That yes. shit was fucking hilarious. Now lick yourself. You're embarrassed. <laughs> lick yourself. You're embarrassed. Ooh, this is for you. But back on topic. Um, I'm, I'm glad we have this. This one, as as far as like a recording, like even I'm gonna turn the screen off. I don't care about that shit. Like yeah, outside oh. of out, outside of recording this shit, like it's kind of a refresher. It feels like a refresher course for mm -hmm. like shit that we do, and it makes me think about everything. Like it, like it, it makes me think about how I respond to a lot of shit because there are still some things that's lingering within myself that I still haven't healed from. Yeah. But a situation hasn't come up to where... It gives you the opportunity to yeah. heal from it. Yeah. So I can't really think about, you know, what I need to heal from because I haven't had that opportunity to um, come face-to-face -face with that situation or mm -hmm. that emotion. And I know we talk about this a lot, but a lot of that... A lot of the main stuff that would, like, cause turmoil, not only between us as partners, but maybe your relationships with coworkers or friends, acquaintances, family, things like that. A lot of those issues came up for us in the Guppy Coke and we were able to hash out most of everything that was probably deeply rooted in us as to reasons why we couldn't fully bond with other people or why other relationships might not have worked because it never got to a point where we had to come face to face with those issues. Yeah. And we might have seen it in bits and pieces with other people that we might have been with, but never to that level. Mm -hmm. Like a person, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to try to come up with an analogy for that. Like, ooh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z for prime example. Like, Goku is a Saiyan, but he's never been put in a situation where, like in the beginning of, of Dragon Ball Z, like Goku realized he was a Saiyan and shit like that, but he didn't realize the full power that he had because no one else was around to show him hey, you got this type of power. Not only somebody else showing him, but there hasn't been a situation to where he had to channel all of that energy and power to become his full, I mean, to get to his full potential and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's pretty much just the same thing. Like, yeah. you have to have, not necessarily have to have, unless you really do some deep 
soul searching and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, this is wrong with me, this is wrong with me, this is how I can tackle this. Like, you won't really fully understand. I mean, you won't fully um, see everything that's wrong with you up until a situation comes up where you can see, oh, I responded to that wrong. I wonder what that shit came from. Mm. What is on my tongue? I don't know. It hurts. Not necessarily hurts, but it feels funny. It's rough. Um, you were talking about Goku and Dragon Ball Z and reaching your full potential. I think that relates a lot to the different challenges that we encounter in life. And then you were talking about unless, you know, you do some really deep soul searching. I don't think anyone is that self-aware and introspective enough to not have to deal with obstacles in yeah. order to grow. Right. Like, that's that's part of the reason actually why I enjoy acid so much because that is one of the very few times during that 12-hour span where I'm able to get inside of myself and handle a situation without it having to come up in like an argument or a really inconvenient time where mm-hmm. you don't want to experience those raw emotions being dealt towards another person in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I see the benefit in that. But also at the same time, there are lots of benefits to actually just touching the hot stove and learning your lesson. Because... Yeah. Because like there's there's really no other way to grow. You do your best growing in those hardest times, and I think that's what makes our relationship so strong. Is because through those extremely hard times, we had to grow past that, and we got to see the other person grow, and not only learn to appreciate our own growth, but the other person's, and see how far we've come, and how much we're willing to work at our uh, deeply rooted issues. Yeah. Not only that, but I don't know about you, but the reward be pretty sweet to me, bro. Like not only do you not have to deal with that same problem or, you know, issue or whatever the case may be. But you are now equipped with knowing how to prevent that shit from happening. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you're now, you know, you, you don't have to, like, let me see what the, I, I don't really know what I was going with. I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. That shit gone. It's okay. What were you saying? You were saying, mm. Shucks, my uh, train left saying, the station uh, with yours. <coughs> 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 you might see my train <laughs> left the station with <laughs> yours. That shit was hilarious. That's crazy. But I think where I was getting to it was the reward that you get out of mm coming out of a really tough situation like that mm-hmm. with yourself, whether it be a trigger or some shit like that. Like, as far as for our relationship, when we went through all of that shit through, in Guthrie Coke, like, we were able to reap the benefits of not having to go through that shit. Not only that, but it made our bond stronger. Mm-hmm. It made our level of understanding stronger. And most and foremost, it made our communication untouchable. Mm-hmm. Like, we have untouchable communication, just in my own opinion. I agree. And I think those are some of the greatest rewards. And then I feel like there are other universal rewards that come mm-hmm. um, outside of getting that lesson out the way or learning that valuable lesson about yourself and about, you know, your partnership with somebody. Because we have been showered with plenty of blessings since Guthrie Coke. 
like, I know that, you know, we just receive blessings all around. But me personally speaking, I feel like since we've gone through so many things in Guthrie Coke, we have been getting blessed out this fucking world. Mm -hmm. And it's mainly been personal blessings, like, you know, how to learning how to maneuver through certain things or learning how to process, you know, certain emotions. Because I'm not going to lie to you, before Guthrie Coke, I don't think I was too good at processing emotions. I don't really think that I had a true understanding of how to truly process an emotion Mm -hmm. or process what you're feeling Mm -hmm. and getting familiar with that feeling and letting that feeling pass and not being consumed by it. Yeah, man, that's, that's one of the biggest things. I agree that there are, that there have been a lot of benefits to, um, life after the Guthrie Code situation. It's made handling uh, tough situations that come up now and in the future ten times easier. We're able to look at it and be like, mm, okay, but be objective to it and not put our emotions in it. I think that was one of the biggest lessons that we had to learn about going through a tough situation is being emotionally attached to it yeah. because that's not really going to get you anywhere. Like how people will say, like, get out of your feelings. Yeah. That might be a bit of a harsh way to say it for some people because they're like, what do you mean get out of my feelings? But it's, it's, it's more than that. It's step out of the situation and look at it from an unbiased, objective perspective yeah. and, and really try to understand where the other person is coming from. Because when you have the emotion in there, like, for example, anger, anger is nothing but a mask for fear and hurt yeah. and, and confusion. And with if you go into a conversation with all of that, you won't be able to clearly and concisely get your point across. All a person is going to hear is these crazy outlandish things and you're jumping from one topic to another and you're feeling even more fresh even more frustrated and you're like you know why can't i be understand why why isn't anybody listening to me why is why aren't the problems getting solved because you're so emotional and nobody's going to listen to an over emotional person they're going to completely tune you out block it out and nothing's going to get solved yeah mainly because like ain't nobody trying to talk to you if you're mad mm-hmm. like <clears throat> there are some people that coddle other people when they're sad and shit like that but just to be real Nobody's trying to be around somebody that's always crying when some shit happens. Yeah. I know I don't want to be around somebody like that, mainly because it's like you feel bad and then you, you kind of take on that energy and that emotion with them because mm-hmm. you're with them for one. So you're not going to just be like, oh, man, you crying. I'm going to get fuck about it here. Yeah. You're not going to be this heartless-ass motherfucker. You're going to cry with them. You're going to be with them. But for the most part, if you know how to process you know, a situation outside of your emotions, you can help somebody else that's stuck in this mindset of attaching themselves to a situation with so much emotion. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And that can, one, just help somebody else, you know. But um, that shit's draining as fuck when you around somebody that's responding to shit all emotional because you, like, you probably, in your mind, in your space, like, Man, I really want to have this conversation with you, but yeah. how you coming towards me with you know your communi- your level of communication, I can't I can't talk to you because of this level of emotion that you got in this shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying that I'm heartless in this situation, but I'm out of my emotion and I'm I'm trying to you know really understand what the fuck is going on so yeah. that we can solve this issue. But you fucking crying, mm. you fucking mad. You feel me? That I can 
definitely remember some times where we were at Guthrie and there were situations where like you had already you already had a sense of that in you taking your emotions out of it I think really those experiences were to just help us find the language to communicate these concepts but there would be times where like we're going through something and I respond very emotional to it because that's just how I am Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here trying to talk to you like oh my gosh why aren't you listening to me and you're like I really just want to solve the issue I'm not trying to like sit here and cry or be mad or anything like that we're past that I've processed my emotions and now I'm ready to get to the problem and the emotions make it hard for you to to actually get to that because one person's really emotional and the other person isn't so now the perspectives in both situations are very skewed one person is seeing the other person as heartless and the other person is seeing you as just like this wreck who can't be talked to right and so now you're both just like oh i can't talk to you or i can't talk to you and and you just got to go your separate ways and it never really gets talked about right situation don't even get solved because everybody's got different perspectives and just emotion period <clears throat> I think also the understanding that we have different perspectives is what helps us out so much because it, it helps me personally not get so frustrated when a situation comes up and I'm trying to explain to you where I'm coming from and you're like mm, I don't really see it that way mm. and now I'm able to understand that like I see it this way and you're going to see it a completely different way but at least we know that we can come to some common ground because perception is reality and understanding that my perception of whatever happened between us is my reality that's not always something that you can change yeah that doesn't necessarily mean that your perception is wrong yeah just because it's not the same it makes me want to go back and change what I said as far as like the situation wasn't solved because there's two different perspectives and um, emotion involved, I really should say nobody really got the chance to share their perception without the intense emotion being involved. Mm-hmm. Because share your perception that way, that's that's pretty much how we've been learning. Because you'll tell me, you know, how, you, how this situation looked to you and how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of your, um, your perception and your, or, and your perspective. You feel me? And <clears throat> how am I going to learn from, you know, what I did to make you respond this way? If I don't see how it made you respond this way or I don't um, understand, you know, the feelings towards how that made, I mean, towards, you know, what I did to make you feel that way. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yes, sharing perspectives, I think, is another key factor to really processing a situation or an emotion. I don't really know as far as like individually speaking because I haven't been alone with myself for a minute, but um, well, outside of being in our relationship, I haven't like really just been by myself with no one around. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let me add, for an extensive amount of time. So as far as helping someone process that shit, that's still an individual, somebody who's not really looking to be around somebody, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> helping them, you know, still understand that because you're working with some, now you're working with somebody that only has one perception in the situation and nobody else is around them with a different per- per- perspective, my fault. Nobody else is around them with a different perspective. So how do they learn in that situation mm-hmm. with just themselves? I feel like, Sometimes a person can get through a situation on their own because not every 
problem requires outside help. Hmm. But even then, for me personally, I still can't think of a situation where I truly grew from something by myself. Even if I'm not looking for advice from somebody else, even talking to another person still can help me gain clarity. They They just really need to be like a shoulder or like an ear to listen to whatever it is that I'm talking about because when I'm talking to another person that means that the words have to come outside of my head into this world and I have to hear them for myself and not just hear them in my head because the way I talk in my head obviously isn't the way I talk out loud I'm going to try to formulate things in a way that helps you understand but in my mind I'm speaking in code and shorthand to myself all the time because I just get my own language but talking to you it has to kind of like go through this filter and reprocess and then I'm like, huh, I had to formulate the words this way and now that I think about them in this way, I see a completely different side to it. But right. that, and that was only because I was able to bounce that off of another person and even, you could even say like, well, I could just talk to myself without anybody else around. That's still not the same because you're talking to yourself yeah. still. So you're not going to try to talk to yourself in a, in a way that, is clear because like I said before you already understand yourself and where you're coming from so you don't need to elaborate in order to get your point across yeah that's like you wanting some cake but you go inside your mind and ask yourself do I need this cake Mm -hmm. if you already want the cake nobody else is telling you not to eat the cake so you go to yourself and you're like do we want cake (laughs) do we want cake and the first thing you're going to tell yourself is, yes, we need cake. Mm-hmm. Unless you got that level of discipline within your mind where you're like, nah, bro, cut that shit out. You tripping. We don't need that shit. But in that situation, that's why I feel like you don't you don't even have to be necessarily with somebody as a partner, but just having that outside person, yeah. you know, you're able to use them as a mirror so that you're not just biased and in your own head formulating your own answers to your own questions because mm-hmm. that's crazy you can make you can make tons of excuses <clears throat> for yourself that's why people yeah. end up procrastinating because they're like oh well i can do this another time because i got this this and this going on versus another person seeing you saying that you're gonna do this and then they see you don't do it they're like what are you what are you doing you have no excuse why you can't do this and you can give them excuses but they don't matter to that person because that's not what that person is going through in yeah. their life right now so they're like that seems like bullshit to me. I feel like you can do this thing, but you're just being lazy. Yeah, and <clears throat> with that, I think, you know, it's more easier for a person to procrastinate because, like, you're not afraid of yourself as far as, like, you telling yourself, hey, that was bad. You're not going to respond the same way that you would if somebody tell you, man, you fucking up. Yeah. You can tell yourself you fucking up and be pretty fine with that shit, but somebody else telling you, you kind of feel like that's a consequence. Mm-hmm. because they see it now you're aware that somebody else see your shit so yeah. it's not just your own judgment it's somebody else's that's like say for example you're in a relationship and you're really insecure about your weight and unless your partner is just really supportive and all these other things but like your partner tells you you're fat it's like what like how dare you tell me the things that i'm insecure about like that it's like it's so hard for people to be around somebody that see the insecurities that are inside of you. It's just, mm. it's just like, oh my goodness, it, it's very detrimental to your confidence. But it's a difference between somebody telling you that, you know, like, you're fat, like, oh my God, or and then being like, well, I mean, we can work out together, we can eat healthy together, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, they can, 
you know, comment on something <coughs> that you know is wrong with you and you can be upset, but be upset not just because, you know, they're fucking like trying to call you out on some shit like that. I don't really think that's always where it's coming from. It's, unless it's an insult. Yeah, unless it's an insult. But in situations like that, it's supposed to be coming from like a place of love. They're like, they're trying to help you because you're not always going to want to be there to help yourself and motivate yourself we don't always have our best interests in mind yeah. that's why you know we can be so selfish and greedy sometimes like you know what i'm gonna have this piece of candy and you're gonna be like mm, i enjoy it so much this is so good but another person's gonna look at you not knowing how you're feeling eating that candy and being like you can do better yeah and even in that situation you still have to um keep in mind that um <clears throat> You can't be this super emotional person over some shit that somebody tell you. Like, 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 for example, using the whole you're fat um, analogy. Like, somebody can tell you you're fat and you can take that shit like, oh, man, damn. What the fuck? You can take that shit as an insult. Mm-hmm. And somebody else can come to you and be like, hey, let's work out together. Like, e- like even though they know that you're, you know, kind of out of shape and shit like that, mm-hmm. you still have to be real with yourself like don't respond in a way to where like you, you change how they say it even though they said it in a good way yeah. like hey let's work out so you can't just be like oh man this motherfucker calling me fat you can't you can't be on no crazy ass shit like that you mm-hmm. have to still process the realness of what somebody is telling you yeah. even through insults because sometimes people can insult you and it be on some true shit and mm-hmm. that's why it hurt your fucking feelings yeah. it's just it was rude how they put it to you that's exactly where I wanted to go with it too like when somebody tells you something about yourself that you already know as like a negative aspect or a flaw that you may consider, yeah. like what the whole situation with that is, why are you getting upset? Because I know that we go through similar situations like you might tell me something about myself and I'm like, hush, I don't want to hear it or vice versa. And then way later on down the line, we eventually come out and admit it to ourselves and the other person's like, I said that already, mm. but you got mad at me. Like, are you getting mad because that person is genuinely wrong when you think about it? Or are you getting mad because they're upset? And if you're getting... No, because they're upset. Or are you getting mad because they're right? Yeah. And if you're getting mad because they're right, that's not their fault. That's that's up to you at that point. Like, you are in control of your emotions and how you respond to a situation. So you being mad at a person for being right is you just being mad at yourself for not taking care of the situation sooner before somebody said something. Yeah. Because then I think that's when it really starts to bother you. Like, oh, I'm good. Like, a person will say something and you'll be like, oh, man, why are you saying that? But then it's like, uh, if I had just taken care of this, nobody would have said anything. Because Mm -hmm. that's really the point that nobody wants to get to. Like, nobody wants to get... Uh, for example, like if if you don't want to be overweight, nobody wants to get so overweight to the point where other people start making comments. You'd rather take care of it before something happens. Or yeah. if you're a hoarder, <clears throat> you don't want somebody to come into your house and be like, "This is gross." Mm. Ooh. <laughs> I wanted to go back to when we were talking about uh, perspectives and how having perspectives can really help you understand. Um, a situation when you're going through it. I remember us talking about how we see the world and why we go through it so differently. Like, you are way more paranoid than I am <laughs> when we go out into a store. Like, 
when we go into a store, you're looking at exit strategies. Who's looking at me funny? Who might have a gun? What's getting ready to happen? How can I fight people? How can I protect you? Is this person racist? What are you doing? Like all this stuff. I'm walking around like, oh my God, look at my sweet little feet. Look at the butterfly. Mm. Because everything is just so cute and sweet to me. And a, a lot of, you know, the whole, the main theme of a lot of things that we talk about is that you know a lot of it can stem from our childhood yeah. and the way we grew up like you or just you know the things and information that we were exposed to and you were exposed to information and experiences that led you to have this world view and and vice and the same thing for me yeah. I, I i had an upbringing <clears throat> that was very protected and sheltered and and from most of the harsh realities of the world i didn't have to experience too much hurt even though we all have our fair share of emotional stuff going on but i don't see the, the world the same way that you do but i know that now us being together and being able to share in each other's experiences i i'm not saying that i've gained paranoia but i've gained more of a real awareness of the world's issues and i think from you being with me that you're able to not see the world in such a harsh light yeah. like like we can find a balance in the way that we see things and it can be healthy because you being too paranoid can can really lead to some unhealthy tendencies and me yeah. being too protected and sheltered and only seeing the positives can really lead to some unhealthy things as well yeah that, that, <clears throat> shit that reminds me of um when we was listening to the 48 laws of power where they was talking about um planning out a um just a strategy or whatever the case may be i'm gonna use a different analogy like when we're manifesting something and just only focusing on you know the positive of uh, positives of this manifestation but also being real with the fact that we need to also come up with a different plan just in case you know this doesn't happen you mm-hmm. feel me? being real with the fact that you know Everything won't go your way, so you still need to prepare yourself um, for if it doesn't work out in your favor, you still have a backup plan to where you're you're still satisfied with a different outcome, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know. And that's where I kind of want to tie it in with having different um, perspectives of, of the world and shit like that and sharing it with each other because it makes me learn, you know, new ways on one how to navigate through the world and not see it so not see it through this really paranoid ass lens but um it also shows me that like i have to be real with myself and knowing that you know everybody's not going to see the world how i see it so i don't really have to respond the same way that i would with myself with Mm -hmm. other people because they grew one we all grew up different so having that information from our like gathering that information from our relationship kind of helped me you know see people differently mm-hmm. at the same time i know that i still got that paranoia in me that's like mm, some fishy shit going on over there yeah but i'm still open to the fact that that shit might not be fishy you know because there are plenty of occasions where i'm wrong mm-hmm. with the situation and the shit actually turns out pretty dope or it actually kind of turns out crazy, you know? <clears throat> like, before I met you, I think I could be, like, extremely trusting and naive to people and their tendencies. But now, 
I'm able to see like, even though I, I can go into a situation with an open mind, but I can go into it also with open reservations because mm-hmm. I don't want to be, you know, so cut off and, you know, like destroyed by the world that I, I think everybody's out to get me. So I treat them like they're out to get me and it pushes people and opportunities away. But at the same time, I don't want to be so, you know, open and carefree to the point where people might see that as a way to take advantage of me. Mm. So it's like a, a very carefully calculated approach to people and different situations and mm. not letting everything get the best of you. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> I think that's all I want to talk about. I know it's some more shit that I want to talk about, but I don't want to hop from one mm. super serious topic to something so elegant and nice but I don't really give a damn I, I think, think what's up I was gonna say I think this was a good conversation this was good yeah I like this it's pretty nice mm. touching up my leg I touch your leg <laughs> yeah baby I was like damn that's how we're gonna end the um, end our podcast sound like cheeks getting clapped Alright folks, that's it. Starts clapping cheeks. Let's close it. 30 minutes. I'm gonna change it because I think you sent me some more and I'm gonna sit there as my background. I, I didn't send you some more, I took some more pictures on your phone. Oh shit. What the fuck I was gonna say? You we had left off at the end of that last conversation. Um I, when we were talking about uh, like being in a bad situation but still having that love and support to go through it yeah. because I couldn't be in a bad situation and in a bad relationship not like you know boyfriend girlfriend or whatever so like any relationship with another person and and it's just all shit like that I'd lose my fucking mind mm-hmm. over that like I lost my mind <coughs> over being in a home with a roof over my head, but my mom wouldn't talk to me about like the simplest things, or I couldn't talk to her about the simplest things. So it made me not be able to appreciate everything else in my life. And I could like seem ungrateful for certain shit. Yeah. And I don't wanna be that way. I don't wanna seem ungrateful. But I feel like having you know, a good emotional foundation is necessary in order to appreciate all these other aspects of life. Like, I I don't think I can really gain a full grasp on, like, life without that emotional stability. But being in this relationship has given me that, so now I'm able to be more of the self that I want to be. Like, I feel like the me that I was when we first met versus me now are two completely different people, Mm -hmm. not just... For, like, the blatant reasons, but, like, the things that we've been able to build on emotionally, I feel have opened my heart up tenfold, way more than it was before. Mm-hmm. And, like, now I'm able to be like, oh, like, look at your little kitty baby's feet, and, like, all that extra sweet shit, because I wasn't doing that at first. I was pretty fucking regular. I was still, like, chill and cool and, and cute and everything, but not nowhere near the level that I am now like everything's cute and sweet to me right now because my heart is more open and 
that's from being with you and, you know, having us as an example of, you know, what a healthy love looks like and, and being able to, now that I have that emotional satisfaction in my heart, I can appreciate everything else because I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. So everything else is great too. Everything's just awesome all the time. And people that don't have that basic emotional health probably see everything else as shit too because that that's a really big part of a person's life and their perspective on things and and how they view the world and if you don't have that your perspective and your worldview is going to be drastically different from person to person based on how much love you're receiving in your personal life Mm. that's just from my experience though Mm. i can agree like can i see that water yeah like when i first met you I know for a fact, like, I didn't really have too much of an open heart. Like, I, 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 could, I knew that I could still fall in love and shit like that. But as far as, you know, being emotionally there for myself or for someone else was non-existent. <clears throat> Mainly because, because of how I grew up, you know, the household that I grew up in, like, from the outside looking in, you know, everything looks peaches and cream. You know, you're living in a neighborhood. Like, you you grow up in a neighborhood that was, you know, not so good. And then life turns around. Your mom and your parents, you know, make a better, you know, means of income. And just, just the best out of their lives to where we're seeing, you know, what they're prospering through. I, I don't really know how to put it. But, like... Yeah, from the outside looking in, you see, you know, a big home, you know, clothes and all of this shit. But the uh, emotional um, life lessons aren't there. The, the emotional support was never there. So you're still in a bad in a bad situation. The only thing that makes it good is a roof over your head, clothes over your back, and food in your stomach. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that's, that doesn't equate to the emotional... Um, stability that you need in order to grow and you know once you're on your own you don't have to be out here lost like a motherfucker because you don't know how to feel out anything or any kind of situation because Mm -hmm. you don't know how to emotionally respond to that shit and as far as like when I got with you I was able to one open my heart a little bit more just the same as you because after you know you build that trust that level after we built our level of trust and shit like that and you know just showing you know the the loyalty that we you know both possess it it it, it was a it, it damn it i'm stuttering like a motherfucker <laughs> it enabled me to learn how to process my emotions it like especially when we went to guthrie coke like when we moved to guthrie coke and we were out of the bellamy like, I it was no, uh, I had no other choice but to learn how to process my emotions because I knew that, you know, the love, loyalty, and trust that we have for each other was something that we could use to prevail through all of the altercations that we went through at the Guthrie Coke. Like, all the situations that brought out traumas and shit like that, you know, knowing that we had each other back, it was more so like, I can't just continue to be mad at her and just leave based, just because, you know, we're, we're mad mm-hmm. and we're not, you know, seeing eye to eye. We're, we're, tr- 
triggering traumas and shit like that. And, you know, pushing you to the verge of being like, man, this ain't a good situation. When in reality, it is a good situation. It's just, you know, do you know how to communicate with the person? And I think that was one of our greatest things. Like, I feel like we were already equipped with, you know, being able to communicate with one another, even though, you know, we didn't know how to process our emotions at the time. We both knew how to communicate. So even if we were mad, either one of us would be like, all right, it's time to talk about this shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that we mad and shit like that, but we got to talk about this shit. And the more that, you know, we talked about it, we were also learning how to, you know, feel the emotions that we were feeling, also understand why we were feeling those emotions and where that feeling initially came from. Mm -hmm. um, not more so just a feeling, but the triggers, you know, the traumas, like why, you know, we were responding that way. And, you know, just being able to see that we're willing to work through our own traumas and teach each other how to, you know, be emotional, both from a masculine and feminine point, point of view or perspective, you know, like I didn't really have any kind of emotional processing ability before I got with you like my I, I mainly just got pissed off and shit and mm. that was it instead of you know looking at the situation like I was able to I mean I knew to always ask you know what is the teaching me but as far as like emotionally I never knew how to ask that question I always knew it from a st strategic point of view or a you know just a lot just just knowing that I'm gonna take a lesson through some shit but <clears throat> when it came to learning lessons about my emotions I didn't even know that I was being tested on my emotions because mm -hmm. I never knew to think about you know I need to learn something I'm, I'm, I'm about to learn something emotionally that didn't that never crossed my mind or I was never able I was never able to pick that up until you know we got together and mentioning emotions like emotions was a really big um I won't say issue, but it was a really big setback mm -hmm. for us until we knew how to conquer our our emotions. Not, and if we didn't conquer them, at least know how to um, navigate through them properly and you know in a healthy way. Yeah, I, I feel like I I agree. We're always going to talk about cut your coke forever, but I feel like that experience not only helped us grow but it allowed us to have the language to be able to communicate our emotions properly like mm -hmm. I know that we had I would say we had like semi good communication skills and then as we grow our, our communication grows with it but having that language and being able to say instead of just I'm upset because you did this it's now you know I'm upset and I know that that relates to this and now this is how I respond to this and this is how we can talk about it mm -hmm. and you know really breaking that situation down it's not just about you did this and I did this because we, now we know that there's so much more to it right. and and that that really was that was a lot for me and then you had talked about um processing your emotions and how you said that you would get mad and everything like for me I would process 
it in like such an unhealthy way i get super emotional or i like i get super sad and just take everything personally and feel like everything and everyone was out to get me for no reason i'm like what the fuck i'm trying my best and why is no one seeing that it's like everybody else is the problem and not me Mm. like i knew i was the problem but i couldn't always see how and and you had also mentioned learning lessons from your emotions too which i think is really good i had never like you said i knew that i was learning lessons from all kinds of situations all the time but i get different lessons out of things now and not such a shallow way like before somebody could tell me something about me and i'd be like okay i'll just not do that and then be like oh well but now i can look at that and be like okay well why do i do that how can i not do that how does this make a person feel and look at it from all sides instead Mm. of just one like i'm looking at a tv screen now i'm in the tv looking at all the parts and how it works and now i can make a better picture right i like that yeah i like that it was something else i'm gonna jump on to yes another thing like one thing I gotta start off by saying is, um, like we we we've put all this work in like conquering our emotions and learning how to feel our emotions and just learning about us emotionally. Like it ended up being, I mean, at the end result, we just came to the conclusion that we can't put emotion in a lot of shit in a lot of situations. Like we have to take that shit out. Like we've learned how to you know get familiar with emotion but now we're we've learned that you know emotion isn't always the place to be when responding to a situation Mm -hmm. like like when we're having a conversation for example because we're talking about processing but also taking the emotion out like so for example the altercation will happen or we're talking about something and and it raises the level of emotion Mm -hmm. we know to take a step back from that process, whatever we have going on within ourselves, you know, really talk about it, look at the situation, try to learn the lesson separately. And then after that processing, now we're able to come together without the emotions and have the conversation because we've processed through the emotional part and we've been able to pull out the logic of everything and be like, okay, this is the root of it. This is what's up. This is how we can solve it. Right. And I think even with that, um, like, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to put this out, like, people, it's not to say you should quiet your emotions or not, you know, respond emotionally, like get mad, you know, feel sad and shit like that. But also keep in mind that you're not supposed to live in that yeah. throughout the situation because that's not going to do anything don't be consumed by yeah, it. Yeah, don't, 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 yes, yes, that's it. Um, another thing, it's not really about emotions, but I think it coincides with emotion um, or emotional stability, accountability. Mm-hmm. Like, I've learned that more being with you, like, being accountable for your shit and not blaming shit on nobody like that's a big one that is i feel like it also adds to you know your emotional support because now you're able to um get past your ego yeah hell yeah get way past your ego because for me 
that that was also a really really big thing like I would know when I did something wrong I could obviously admit it to myself you can say anything to yourself but to say it out loud to another person mm. eh, disgusting how dare you see me in this weak and vulnerable state yeah. and I th really think that that's the perception of it is that taking accountability is you being weak and vulnerable not well it is you being vulnerable but it's not but it's not you being weak it right. takes a really strong person to take accountability for something and say it out loud to another person to their face like look you dead in the eye and be like i did this i fucked up and actually mean that like oh golly because sometimes i don't be wanting to admit what that i did a thing wrong and i just have to be like you know what i did do that mm -hmm. but after doing it so many times you realize how it it, it becomes easier obviously over time it, it doesn't always it might not always feel good but it does get easier and you feel a lot better afterwards admitting that you did the wrong thing as opposed to letting your ego cloud you and being gung-ho with you know i wasn't wrong and i didn't do this and it makes that it, it makes those like negative toxic emotions linger on even longer than they should mm. because you know damn well that you're wrong and then you're just gonna embarrass yourself even more trying to talk out of your ass to prove that you're right when you know that you're wrong yeah. it's so much easier to just be like you know what i fucked up and you can stop making a fool of yourself and you can learn and then this way moving forward you don't always have situations like that you know better and so now you're not always having to you know, be like, oh, I fucked up all the time because you're not fucking up as much because mm. you've taken accountability before and now it's out in the open and, and you can actually release that from your body and grow. I feel like the reason why some people have a hard time with accountability is mainly because of how it makes them feel because they don't really know the true ask with the, the the true benefit of you know having a sense of accountability um i think for most people and myself included before i even learned you know having a sense of accountability like it makes you feel like you know you're 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 doing something wrong you know and you always want to feel like you're doing something good or you're doing something bad for that case um and also just feeling like you know you lose some some type of shit so you want to, you know, make yourself seem like you're right because of those, you know, factors. But it's more so just some shit in your head because w w what are you going to do after you've come up with some bullshit mm. to, you know, try to make yourself look right or make it look like it's not your fault? You're just going to have people that don't want to be around you because they're like, oh, this motherfucker here, he bullshitting. Yeah. I don't want to work with him because if something go wrong, I know, you know, he's not the type of person that's gonna, you know, own up to their shit, you know, or whatever the case may be. Nobody wants to be around somebody who don't own up to their shit. That's your shit. Like, Take your shit. Like, I, I like to think about it just like you said, in, in both ways, like, you personally taking accountability, but also be in the other person's shoes like would you want to be around somebody that doesn't take accountability for their actions you like no you're gonna look at the person like you like you said you're always bullshitting you're just full of it and and you don't want to be around that person so if you don't want to be around that person imagine that nobody wants to be around you for mm -hmm. those same reasons and i think that too also goes in a lot with some of the things that we do like 
I never, like, treat others, obviously, how you want to be treated, but that is more than just those words. It it branches out into this whole other tree of, like, shit, because it's, it's, it, like, like, how do I put it, like, going back to taking accountability, like, in, in any situation where you're doing a thing and you're like, I don't want to do it for this reason or this reason, well, how would you feel if a person was doing that to you, like, how would you respond to that? Would you respond negatively or positively? Mm. And that's how you know how to go about your actions and shit like that. If if you don't want, you know, people, you know, lying to you or talking out of their ass, then, then don't do that to other people. Right. And that is another good way that you can learn based on how you want to be treated. Yeah. And I kind of, I feel like, you know, having a sense of accountability changes the people around you because somebody that's used to bullshitting and not owning up to their shit, they're not going to want to be around you simply based off the fact that, you know, you can't tell them, I, I won't say you can't tell them shit, but you can't tell them anything that they don't already know or own. You can't, you know, tell them anything if they've already owned up to their shit. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that, you know, fucking broke, broke something, broke a painting or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. Um, you know, if they don't own up to it, you, they're going to always have that one person that's like, man, you did that. I remember you did this. I remember you did that. Like, you're mm-hmm. such an asshole. Why you do that? But if they own up to it, I mean, what more can you say to them? Nothing. They they know the thing that you're going to tell them. They've already owned that shit. So you can't really tell them much of anything. And just being around people who also hold themselves accountable for things that they know that they need to own up to, you know, it gives you that sense of, let me see, I guess reliability. Like you can rely on the people that's around you, you know, to just own up, you know, not even just owning up, but I'm trying to figure out what else I was trying to say. I lost my train of thought. It reminds me of the ending to a Childish Gambino song where he's telling the story about um, this girl that he likes and then the girl that he had a crush on went and told everybody else and he was super embarrassed about it because like why would you tell everybody because that was just for you type shit but then he was like from that I learned tell everybody everything this way everything's already out in the open and nobody can say shit to you yeah I like that that shit even with that like it's just like this one time um, I was on the road and I got real close to this dude's mirror. I didn't hit it or anything, but he had to move his truck so that I could, you know, not hit his mirror. Um, Cause I pretty much got myself in a bad predicament. And then when I got out, uh, out the truck, he was like, you hit my mirror, you hit my mirror. And I'm like, I know I didn't hit your goddamn mirror. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I couldn't just keep it at, you know, I know I didn't hit his mirror. So I was more so like, all right, if you think I hit your mirror, then, you know, I can call, you know, my supervisor, you know, and let them know, you know, I hit your mirror. And we got to get this whole insurance shit, you know, out the way or whatever. I was like, I'll take accountability for that. I, I said, I was like, I'll take accountability for, you know, how I pulled in the lot, you know. I, blind, I pulled in and tried to blindside back in, and we're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I take accountability for that. Um, he was like, he was like, it's, it's, the, it's the company you work, they teach all that. I was like, no, they don't teach us that. They teach us not to do that. And that's where I fucked up and I hold myself accountable for it. But I was like, since I hit your mirror back to that, then, you know, I can call my supervisor and get the insurance and, you know, get your mirror fixed. I'm looking at his mirror the whole time. I was like, so, so what damage did I do to your mirror? 
And he was like, uh, mm-hmm. I thought you scraped it a bit, but it's I don't see any scratches on it. <laughs> he was I was like, so um, what's what's your driver? I mean, what's your um, you know your 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 company name so I can let them know who you. Um, no, it was his company. I was like, what's your company name or whatever, so I can let them know, let the insurance people know, you know, who I hit or whatever the case. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. Um, some shit. And then he was like, I'm an, um, he was like, I'm an owner-operator, so, you know, uh, we don't get those big insurance checks. Like, I got to come out of pocket. I was like, yeah, I understand that, but, you know, if I hit your mirror, then I'm, I'm open to, you know, calling my supervisor and letting them know. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, nah, I'm not going to worry about it. But in that case, you know, just holding that accountability, he was really talking out his ass when he was like, I hit his mirror, but me holding my accountability for how I pulled in, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I own up to that. But I know I didn't hit his shit because I didn't see nothing on his mirror prior to me saying, you know, I'll call my supervisor and, you know, call the insurance people. Like once I knew that, because I knew the whole time that I didn't hit his mirror, but I wanted to see the lie that he was going to come up with and also still hold myself accountable for, you know, how I came in the parking lot in the first place. But it all changed everything because, you know, he saw that I wasn't trying to, you know, lie or get my way out of the situation. Like, I'm in it. I'm here. What do I do now? You know, what's my next move? What's my next step? Instead of continuing to argue him from the jump, bro, I didn't hit your motherfucking mirror, mind. Shut that <laughs> shit up. Mm-hmm. It could have escalated into yeah. something way, way worse. Yeah. But you got some people that are dickheads. Like, you step on somebody's shoe and you be like, oh, man, my bad, my bad, my bad. Like, you know, I, can, <laughs> I cleaned it up for you, some shit like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Motherfucker uppercut your ass. Some people, you know, don't give a damn if you take accountability, but it's more so just for yourself. It's for your own character. That's why I'm at. Mm-mm. No, you didn't. You fought it. No. Come on, bro. Why are you brushing this? I no, man. Cut this shit off. <laughs> so, me and lady, um, we were having com- a conversation about marriage, you know, and our perspectives on it. Um, I messed up the audio earlier, so it's going to start at a funny point, but I'm going to set the indicator for where the conversation left off. And it was right about here. Shit, they don't give a goddamn. I feel like seeing it so much, though, from the older generation is like a thing that you have to do. It's a piece of us that's ingrained within us. Like, some people feel like that's a phase or a step that they have to take in life. When it's not actually true, but when you get older and you realize that, like we were talking about the difference between a legal marriage and, and the ceremony, when you realize the, the certain benefits and things that you might get from a legal marriage, then go for it. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of older generational couples, too, that are just in a common law marriage. They've just been together for so long that, you know, the government sees them as together and they didn't have to do anything legally or ceremonial wise and yeah. you know people just know or like their friends are like oh yeah they've just been together for so long that they're just together mm-hmm. and people don't care you don't always have to have a ceremony as long as you know you're cool with your relationship or your partnership or whoever you want to be with and you've talked about uh you know the different stuff that's going to make your relationship work and you agree to do certain things and yeah. set boundaries 
then you're fine. Like, marriage is so not necessary. But some people just want to fucking party. Yeah. And that's cool, too. Do that. Like, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not, like, gung-ho about it either. Um, mainly because of how marriage looks now, although that has zero, um, zero. That has nothing to do with us. But, like, when you look at marriage through other people, healthy couples or not, like, they go through shit that's, like, mm, I wouldn't even be fighting for no shit like that. That's that's bullshit. Mm. Um, like, motherfuckers, like, really use marriage to literally stay together. And most of the time, well, I wouldn't even say most of the time, fuck it, most of the time, like, they're staying together in a, in a marriage that really isn't so fucking healthy. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, y'all might have accumulated a lot of money and shit like that, but how is your, you know, mental well-being being, being with this partner after 10 years? Like, how is your emotional well-being, your spiritual well-being after being with this person for so long? Like, did it deteriorate? De- deteriorate. Did it deteriorate? Yes, that's the right word. Yeah. yeah. Did it deteriorate over time? Or, you know, did they, you know, water you and, you know, nourish you um, up to the point to where all of those things are now, you know, better or enhanced in a way where, you know, it's healthy for you? But, like, for the most part, people get married and it's like they just sit down and that's it. Hey, we married. We together now. Can you pass me the remote? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't... That's always been something that I've noticed, too. Like, it doesn't really change too much of anything when you get married because you're the same people you were before and after, depending on the kind of things that you've worked on. Like, I've seen couples and marriages break up based on bad communication, but that's something that we're tackling now. Like, I feel like if marriage was a thing that, you know, was in everybody's hearts and minds and souls, that there's, like, a list of certain shit that you have to get through in order to... Uh, go to that next level yeah in order to get to that next level and feel comfortable or the same thing that a person would do for a kid like if you're if you're thinking like oh you know i have to do all this stuff like get myself financially right and make sure my relationship's good because you don't want to put that on your kid it's just like a marriage your marriage is a child and a product of your love Mm -hmm. and everything that you've accomplished up until that point and now you're willing to let it go even more and blossom into something completely different um really like and and then you were talking about uh the people whose marriages deteriorate i think that they just use the marriage as an excuse to stay together like they're like you know we've done so much together been through all these things and we have all these things that are tied together but that doesn't mean stay together like if you have finances and shit i mean fucking split that shit in half or decide you know who deserves what and, and their portion and shit like if you had a good relationship and you know that you communicate and nobody's going to be vindictive, then it'll be super easy to just be like, here, you take this, I'll take this, and we'll mind our own fucking business. Yeah. <clears throat> I know, for the people that's going to hear this, because I'm going to post it, they can be like, have you ever been married? Nope. And be like, well, you don't know. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it's kind of common sense, you feel me? Like, if your marriage is sucky as fuck, of course it's going to be hard to get a divorce, you feel me? Because y'all shit already sucked in the beginning mm-hmm. versus, you know, a marriage that just didn't work out because two people thought that, you know, they loved each other, you know, the whole infatuation stage and all of that shit. 
but then they just realize they they're just not right for each other and they're not growing with each other there's a healthy way to split from that you feel me but it all depends on the two people you feel me like you can be with someone in the beginning and then later down the line they turn into a completely different person because like you you've missed all the signs like y'all never really communicated to that point to where you know <clears throat> you were able to I won't say trigger but I'm gonna use trigger trigger some of their traumas and shit like that and get all of that bad shit out to the surface and eradicate that shit so now you're just left with the deeper level of this person instead of just staying with them and only knowing them for the surface level of them you feel me mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and back to you know people being like people that's listening um saying like y'all not married so y'all wouldn't understand like i said like it's common sense you feel me yeah like i know that some people it's hard to get a divorce because even if you've been married for like like from three years all the way up to 20 years type mm-hmm. shit it's, it's, it's <clears throat> going to be hard because we as people find it hard to separate emotion from situations and i know that for you and me personally even though that's a discussion that we have and we have you know uh disagreements and shit it'll be so much different when it comes to our relationship as a whole Mm. because we're so it's like all the different things that we've gone through and that we've come out of it's like why are we getting ready to throw it all down the drain for whatever this reason is that we might be getting divorced unless it's the things we've already talked about like you know cheating or putting our hands on each other something something really fucking wild like that's way way different but even still like because we've been together for so long it's going to be harder and harder to hold up to those situations because it's going to be like even though we know logically that we should not be together our brains are going to try to get us to continue to do that because just of everything that we've been through it it might not have anything to do with the finances and how complicated it might be to split up it's purely just emotion and it's and you're taking a huge loss like it's almost like somebody's dying and Mm. and you know that emotionally it's going to take you so much to recover from that and you know you're going to be trying to fucking go through life and you have to think about this thing that's on your mind like your lifestyle completely changes like you and us not being together it's kind of hard for me to imagine that now because Mm -hmm. we've been together for so long like my routines and the things that i do are set up around you and vice versa i still have my own jimmy jam going that i like to do but like, what am I going to do without Tonio around for a little bit? It's just going to be difficult. Eventually, I will get back to a normalcy that involves just me by myself. Mm-hmm. But it that won't negate the fact that I have all these memories and experiences. And the person that I am now is largely contributed to our relationship. Yeah. So I, I have to go through situations knowing, like, fuck, this, I'm, I'm, I'm like this because of this relationship. And look at how healthy I am yeah. because of this failed relationship. It's just so much. It's like what, like people know when they shouldn't be together, yeah. but they will create all these different excuses and all this shit and put all this emotion into it. It's like, uh, it just makes it so hard. Like I, I, I understand why they would say it's difficult and how easy it is for us to say just split up because we're not in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, like another thing I wanted to point out was like most not most cases some cases people be like man we've been through so much that right there that sentence right there is a it's it's like on two different sides of the coin like on one side a couple can be like man we've been through so much and they've been through you know infidelity 
abuse and all of this shit and you know getting past that not necessarily really getting past it but they've been through that shit Mm -hmm. like that shit right there that that doesn't mean y'all been through too much that means y'all put each other through too much yeah versus you know we've been through too much and look at you know our situation like we've you know conquered a lot of our past traumas you know um been working on you know eradicating all of the toxic traits that we've held within ourselves dealing with um, other people's bullshit going through financial situations yeah. like, like things that we truly do go through together right. and like you're saying not putting each other through crazy shit yeah like uh my bad go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i, I think that's a really good way of putting it like going through something versus putting somebody through something like if when you look back on your relationship and you evaluate it, which category do you fall into? And that can help determine, like, is this something really worth fighting? Yeah. Like, how we talk about, you know, for example, like, if one of us were to cheat on each other, that's us putting the person through something because the person had to make a conscious choice to get physical with another person. Right. And, and then and then in that situation if you said like we've been through so much it's true but look at now what you've just put me through yeah. like how am i supposed to recover from the situation i it's so like yeah like now you can say we've been through so much so why would you do this yeah like what the, that's stupid that that now that could it could either be a reason to stay together or to split up because if you fuck up in this way knowing that we've been through all of this then that means that everything that we've been through to you was just shit right. like you didn't see it the same way that i did it's just like, like even with the whole cheating part, like somebody will probably listen to that part and be like, y'all still don't understand, you feel me? Like, you know, there are emotional levels to what makes a person cheat. But at the same time, I feel like anything that you can come up with for why a person cheat is just an excuse to me personally because it's like you can communicate shit. Like if your if your level of communication isn't up to par or well maintained, you can find any excuse to anything that you do, and say you know this was my reason, this was my reason, and manipulate manipulate your partner into believing okay well, I need to do better so that you know they don't cheat or whatever the case may be, like for that situation you know somebody che- like say say I cheated on you or whatever the case may be, uh, leading up to the point of me cheating on you. There was something that was going on. That, there was something that was wrong with myself personally that I probably wasn't getting from you, but I never communicated that shit. So I went out my way to, you know, cheat mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Like, and, that, and that's really what it comes down to. Like, it's not even the cheating. It's everything. Well, it's the cheating, but it's mainly everything that led up to that point and why we couldn't fix it. Like, yeah. it's not my fault entirely if you cheat on me because you could have said something like there might have been something that you weren't getting from me or that I wasn't doing that could have led you to that but if you had told me and we had a conversation and we still couldn't fix it at that point you tell your partner like okay well if I'm not going to be able to get this from you then this isn't a relationship that I'm going to you know be that I'm not going to want to be in and so you cut it and then you can go off and be with another person it doesn't have to be that hard but people strive to like stay together and make all these fucking different excuses and then also for me like if you or anybody really were to cheat on me i i couldn't be physical or touch or look or kiss a person that i know has cheated on me because like we've been together for so long so it's been us you know swapping shit and now somebody else's shit is mixed in there i can't 
like I can't look at your fucking lips knowing that they've touched somebody else's like yeah. I'll, I'll fucking cringe every time and a person might be able to stay together after that and let's say for whatever toxic reasons that you fucking did it would be so long before we touched again and eventually that would put another strain on our relationship and be frustrating because like one person might be like you know i'm doing everything that i can to make it up to you and the other person's like i still don't feel satisfied in that and that's more frustrations and it's like what's even the point i don't know i tried this shit i look like a complete duck complete duck trying to stay with somebody that cheated on me it didn't fucking work at all because there was so much going on through my head like what the fuck so it, it didn't work at all I can't even fucking get my my genitals next to yours because it's like somebody else's genitals have been in there. That's nasty. And that's so different from like a person who's been in relationships before you. That's really different, at least in my mind. It's uh, the physicality. It's ah, don't touch me. It's all just weird shit. But like overall, like having the understanding that you have to be healthy with yourself and in your relationship in order to even move to the next step of marriage because like you it can just be two measly bullshit ass people mm-hmm. getting together like hey he put a ring on it and they mainly probably got to well they probably got together because you know at the time you know this nigga was balling she was balling or she was fine as hell um or whatever the case may be and they like yeah we're gonna hit it off we're gonna get married but that was the only thing, that was the main reason why they got married. That was the foundation of their marriage. Looks and material, materialistic uh, assets and shit like that. And later down the line, they realized, oh, man, you suck. I can't fuck with you. But they married now. So now they have to invest all of this extra time into splitting when they could have, you know, communicated in the beginning with each other got got to know each other and shit like that that's why i don't understand when people uh be like i'm not doing this until you know i got a ring on my finger like there's going to have to be some type of um like you're gonna have to be open at one point of a time with someone that that could potentially be your um your wife or your husband like you can't just be with somebody you know for three four years and y'all ain't talked about, you know, some of the deepest, uh, some of your deep-rooted issues mm-hmm. or not even just that, um, you know, your your potential and shit like that. Like, all of the important things that make a relationship last long. Like, if y'all don't have any sense of being open with one another, there is no, you know, there won't ever be a point where you're like, oh, put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be open with that person. If you're not willing to be open with that person then how can you even be, you know, trying to look out to be married or look out for somebody to put a ring on your finger or, you know, look for a woman to put a ring on her finger when you're not even opening yourself up to that um, level of, what's the word, not necessarily intimacy, but that level of thinking, fuck it, I can't really find a different word for it. But if you don't, if you're not, if you're just not open enough to receive um, the knowledge that it takes to become a healthy relationship and to move it to the next level of to marriage, then you just out here looking stupid, expecting somebody to marry you or expecting to marry somebody when you're not even in the field of, you're not even in the playing field of, um, you know, being married. You're not taking the necessary steps to make sure that you're, you know, the human being that you would want to marry. 
You feel me? Would you like would you like asking yourself, like, would you marry yourself? Would you marry somebody like you? Mm-hmm. And if you answer no, then that must mean that there's something, you know, within you that you don't like or that you know that somebody else wouldn't like that you haven't fixed. So it all plays a role in self before okay. you even get with someone else. Like No, I was going to say, I think that's a good one. Like, people should want to marry themselves. And and if you can never get to a point where you can say that, then don't even think about being married to another person. Because people will say, like, you know, I can be around somebody like me because I'm this, this, and this. Uh, It could never be me because I love me some me. I love looking at me. I love talking to me. I love everything about myself. I would definitely want to be with me and yeah. not married just yet, but I would at least want to be in a relationship with myself because yeah. I think I'm pretty fucking cool. Like, if you don't want to be around yourself, who else is going to want to fucking be around you? Exactly. Like you just said, like, what? that's ridiculous. Like, aside of, like, just, just speaking, like, back on to marriage, like, just speaking without the, you know, benefits, you know, the the attachment of, you know, assets for when you die like your will and all of that shit like push all of that to all of that shit to the side and look at marriage for what it really is are you willing to you know learn about who you are alongside with learning someone else outside of yourself and going through that like it's like when i say going through it that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing that you're going through but like looking at marriage for what it truly is as far as on the on the on the side of the relationship like what does it consist of to you not looking at it from the the other side like the the other lens of like i said the the wheel and all of that other shit look at it for what it truly is it's it's you and another person coming together to not only you know get past your flaws and shit like that but it's learning how to use that other person as a reflection for yourself to grow you feel me are you willing to grow as a person as an individual with someone else and allow them to help you grow and vice versa and shit like that like i don't think people should just look at marriage based off of you know the financial aspect of it or the beneficial aspect of it but looking at it more so as in the investment of you know your personal growth you feel me i have more to say about it but i don't i don't lost my train of thought i also think people shouldn't be married based off of how long they've been together like some yeah. people will take about the three or four year mark maybe even five years it's like oh we should get married now and, and like for what like I've, I've heard girls or guys talk about like you know we've been together for five years and he still hasn't proposed I'm sorry, that doesn't explain why he needs to propose. That just tells me how long you've been together yeah. and the fact that you're crazy. Like, I could hear, if somebody were to say, oh my God, we've been through, you know, we've conquered all of our emotional traumas and we have great communication and he still hasn't proposed yet. That's a good sentence. That's a good sentence. That's a great statement. Yeah. Like, I mean, if that's something that you two have talked about before getting together, like you want to be married, then yeah, that, that's fucking awesome. But don't don't make an excuse for wanting to get married or why you haven't get married related to the time that you spent together there are people that have been together for 30 or 40 years and are probably just now getting married because they're like oh not just because we've been together for a long time but we've been through so much and we've conquered all these different things and i think we're a really healthy couple 
you know what? Let let's celebrate our love in front of everybody and yeah. get married legally. And plus, you know, for them too, now it's it's it get, they're getting to the age where the benefits truly do matter. Yeah. Because when you're in like your thirties and forties and you start doing extra adult shit, like adult plus. You you want to be married for some shit yeah. that's getting ready to happen because your hips are about to give out. Yeah. You want somebody in the hospital with you. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it too. Like like back to what you were saying. Like people be be looking at relationships. Like oh man, they've been together for five years and he still ain't proposed to her or they still not married. Like time does not indicate how healthy your relationship is some people want to make sure that their relationship is good to go as possible before they make they they make it to their next level because every day every week every month every year there's something that's going to come out that's new to you that could make or break your relationship not necessarily like infidelity or no shit like that or you know lack of respect but there are going to be some major challenges that you still haven't you know, gone through or experienced with your partner that you want to tackle. But at the same time, that's not to say that you should, you know, wait to get everything out the way before you get married because I think that's going to be a lifelong lesson. You yeah. feel me? There are going to be, you know, things that come out um, you that sh- you haven't experienced. I think the couple should be at a point where they're confident enough that if something were to happen, they know for a fact that they have the tools to handle it, mm. regardless of what it is. Like, obviously, have set aside, like, the list of things that are complete no-goes for you, but you need to talk about each one of those situations. Like, if this were to happen, and if you were to do this, or I were to do this, how would we react or respond right now? And continue to have those conversations all the way up into the point where you decide you want to get married. Like, constantly evaluating the relationship and different things that you know, could help you grow or could break you apart are really helpful conversations. Don't just, kitty, don't just talk about it once and think, oh, yeah, we've talked about that before and we both know that we're not going to do such and such. No, you don't because things, like you said, every single day things are going to be different and there's not going to be any point in your relationship, whether it's before or after marriage, where things are just going to be smooth all the time. Like, as of right now, I know that there are a lot of situations that can come our way that we can handle. But because I know that, you know, we are so young and there's so much life that we haven't experienced, even if, you know, marriage was something that we've been talking about since we first got together, I still wouldn't feel super confident in doing mm-hmm. it because I know that there is still so much left inside me personally that I still have to work through. And then I know that there, I can feel that there are a lot of situations coming up in life for us Mm -hmm. that are probably going to be a little stressful and we're going to be like ah how are we going to handle this and you know what if one of us lashes out at the other person and it causes like a whole thing and it's like what the fuck is this the person that i married you're crazy (laughs) like you don't fucking know you just don't know yeah you can't really put a time stamp on when you're gonna marry somebody it's more so like i look at I look at it like it's pretty much just a leap of faith because you'll never know, to be honest. You'll never know. It it all just depends on the couple, to be honest. Like, some people get together in one year and make it, you know, to to 100 years type shit, or 50, 60 years. Some people wait, you know, five years and, you know, last maybe three months. Some people get together after five years and last forever. You know, it 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 really just depends on the people. You feel me? There's no, there is no time stamp. 
for me personally on when to get married. Like you said, it's more so about the the level of confidence that you have in your relationship. You know, the foundation that you have in your relationship that lets you know that it's healthy enough to prevail through anything or any kind of obstacle that comes you all's way. You feel me? Not only that, but con- continuing to have that consistency with personal growth, not just growth as, you know, a unit, but continuing to, you know, grow as an individual while being, you know, together or married. You feel me? I feel like those are key factors to, you know, having a lasting relationship or marriage. But we never been married, but we've been together for a pretty long time and those were those are our key factors that's been helping us prevail prevail through a lot of shit. So and for me, oh my bad, go ahead. I was gonna say like I'm I'm trying to think of like what are some good indicators that you know, for couples where this matters where it's a good time for them to start considering marriage or yeah, yeah, it's a good time for them to start considering marriage. Like, in my mind, what's ideal is, one, your level of communication, uh, two, confidence in that communication, and you had also mentioned in another uh, uh, conversation, comprehension. Um, and then I was also going to say, it's, I think that working together in a unit is also something that's very important. Like, if you all are still dealing with, like, the petty shit, like, fucking jealousy, or what are you doing on your phone, or attention, like, that really, like, if you know for a fact that that shit is small, and you're still going through that, like, and and it comes up consistently, you you shouldn't be thinking about marriage at all, like, when I see or imagine people that are married in any shape of the, in any shape of the word, Mm -hmm. they are so in sync with each other it's like something i've never seen before that it's like a true yin and yang balance like you're so confident that you could do anything and you know that you know you're going to be supportive in this or you might not need to have a conversation about it because you've gone through enough and you're confident enough in your relationship to already have an idea of how your other per how your other yeah your partner operates or your spouse operates and shit mm-hmm. like that like a true unit right like we're a unit but i know that there's just so much more that we can build on we're getting there that we are so close like when people talk about us in our relationship or even as strangers or people that we know it's a lot of positive things and they can see without even you know being in our relationship they can see from afar bitch based on our energy that you know we have something where you know we do work together and, and we try to understand and comprehend what the other person is going through mm-hmm. and, and truly working together as a team. It's gonna be so dope, bitch. So dope. <laughs> For real. What else? I don't think I got anything else in my so I'm gonna stop the recording. <laughs> it breaks it down. It's like fishing for dummies. Not calling people dumb and that shit, but yeah. that's how they break it down. Like they, they break it down in a level to where everybody can understand, even a child, because of the pictures that they have. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is my favorite part about it, the pictures. Yeah. But I agree with um like how, how you were talking about the way that they talk. Like sometimes they do use big words that even I don't understand, but you're right, they they give enough context around it for you. Even if you don't understand that one sentence, you get the theme of the video yeah. and you understand how to apply that knowledge. 
but I, I think that language is really important. Um, But I've been getting a call. I got my last weird call was from a six two eight number two. Anyways, I was gonna say that I think that language is important um, in these situations of mental health, so that people even know how to talk about what they're feeling. Because yeah. a child, or rather a baby, as a better example, a baby can be feeling something. Oh no! Okay, no, I'll say toddler because toddlers can talk. A toddler could be feeling something, but a lot of the times they'll still cry and throw tantrums because they don't know how to communicate the fact that this thing frustrated me because you took my toy and this is my favorite toy and there's like like all this other shit. They don't they don't know how to say that, so they're just gonna cry. That's the only thing that they know how to do, and that relates you know to people who are angry or react very emotionally to certain situations because they don't have any other tool to express what they're feeling and that can be detrimental because you'll you know meet a person and be like man why are you so mad all the time because they don't even know how to talk about why they're mad in the first place if they did most likely they wouldn't be this way some people are, are just mad all the time and that's just them but a lot of the times it's because they they don't know how to communicate what they're feeling like for me I, if I'm trying to explain something to somebody and I understand it in my head but I try to bring that concept out into the real world if I don't have it fully thought out then I'm going to feel very frustrated trying to explain that to somebody because I know that they're not going to understand they're going to look at me like what? And I'm like I, if I had all the words to say it the right way then I know that you would get it but, yeah. it, but you won't and then they end up feeling misunderstood and hurt and, and it keeps them from wanting to talk to other people and it's just something that can really spiral out of control different branches of anger whatever the case may be like yeah you may be in a situation and you think that you're mad but you're not really mad there's a different word for what you're feeling but you don't know this word so we're going to tell it to you so whoever relates to this hey now you have a solution or some shit like that instead of <clears throat> turn on the fucking news 
and all you're seeing <coughs> people dying, you know, panicking. panicking and all of this other shit that's not really useful to the people. That's why I say it's like a mental asylum because they're only present to be even more crazier. Not even, you know, keeping you from looking crazy. Like like a mental asylum, you go to a mental asylum, the first thing you're going to think, these motherfuckers are crazy. You're not going to think, oh man, these people used to be crazy, but now, you know, they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're, they're helping other people that came in this place and now, you know, they're helping them get out of the situation that caused them to have a mental disturbance. You feel me? Like, you don't really see that too often. Two things on that. One, a previous comment that you had made talking about, like, medicines and diseases and stuff like that and the true focus on mental health. Not Well, yes, it does it with mental health, but how the physical body can relate to your mental health. I was watching a video about this guy who used to take this ADHD medicine, Mm -hmm. and later on down in life, it was really starting to affect him, and he went to a different kind of doctor and basically uh, ended up changing his diet and his exercise habits and just the different kind of stuff that he was doing, talking about um, certain stuff that was going on inside his head and eventually that led to him getting off his ADHD medication and ended up being misdiagnosed later on down the line when his child was born his child ended up uh, showing the same signs that he did when he was a child Um, and they were going to put him on ADHD medication but because the father uh, had luckily learned all the things that he had needed to learn he was able to prevent his child from having to be put on that medication and not having to suffer through the side effects of being on that so that he could heal at a younger age and not have to worry about the ramifications later on down the line and then the second thing damn it saying the first thing maybe forget the second thing Oh, you were talking about a mental asylum. I had also seen a video of a guy. He had committed a murder Mm -hmm. and uh, claimed insanity in the court and got put into a mental asylum instead of a prison. Um, But it's really... he, He thought that he'd be able to go there, play crazy for a little bit, and then get out. But it's really, really hard to get out of a mental asylum. It's it's In the video, they were like, it's easy to convince people that you're crazy, but it's harder to convince them that you're sane. Because they have this thing called the DHS, and it explains and gives you the different traits and breaks down what makes a person a certain thing. So technically, in the asylum, he was considered a psychopath, and he would act really strange and crazy. But then he started acting like his regular self. You know, he would dress nice and act, act very cool, and he would tell people, like, no, I'm not crazy. I just faked it. But they're like, nope, that's one of the traits of a psychopath. You're trying to, you know, manipulate me and say all these different things and things like that. But on the flip side, when he was doing other shit, they were like, nope, that's also like a psychopath. And then the guy, there was a guy who went to interview him to get this story out, and he had read the DHS, and he was like, huh, according to this technically i'm a psychopath and all these different traits and things like that apply to me but he wasn't just a psychopath he was apparently a neurotic such as like he had like a list of different shit that he could be based on this book of very loose things that make a person crazy Mm -hmm. and so instead of trying to you know solve this guy's issue or anything like that he's just stuck in the insane asylum because nobody's really trying to help him nobody's trying to help anybody in there there could be a lot of people in those situations that could get out but people just deem them as crazy and you know make a list of all these different things or whatever and they never get out that's 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 what i was saying like as far as like this place is like a mental asylum 
like going back to old dudes who was diagnosed with uh, ADHD and shit like that. Like, like I was saying like earlier, um, yes, we got you know Google and YouTube and shit like that to look up you know what it is that's wrong with us, but we could be looking up something and just resonate with it and think, okay, this is what's wrong with me, and just dive deep into that, but still not fix your problem mm-hmm. versus him going to somebody and you know them. With him, you know, going to a different doctor and that different doctor showing him, you know, a different eating habit. I mean, a different, yes, yes, a different diet and, you know, working out and shit like that. And also showing him what's truly wrong with him because he was misdiagnosed and shit like that. Like, going, having someone, you know, at your, I won't say at your disposal, but having someone there, someone outside of yourself that can also, you know, help figure out what's wrong with you and actually find a solution to realizing that nothing's really wrong with you but you do have to change some things about you in order Mm -hmm. to fix your situation like having someone like that available you feel me could help but like like when you mentioned this the mental asylum nobody in the mental asylum is you know trying to help these people become less crazy or less of a psychopath or whatever the case may be they're more so just putting them in there and treating them with that label that's tied to them they're trying to like the medication that they give them isn't to cure them is to suppress their neurotic tendencies which is not a cure that's just suppression and the more you try to cover up something the the worse that it gets basically like the smell never goes away instead they could be you know really trying to talk through these people and understand like okay what do you think you know led to this and they could come up with the breakthrough have a fucking epiphany and be like wow I feel so much better. Yeah. And now they're not trying to murder fucking people anymore. Oh, what was I? I was, never mind. I was going to say something else. You can say, like, like the whole prison system. Like, I have, you know, I'm, I'm slick half and half on that because, like, rapists and shit. Like, although they could be going through some kind of mental issue, like, if you're touching kids or just raping people, like, that's not good. And killing people. So it's like I'm, I'm half and half on it. But at the same time, like being more realistic, like throwing a person in jail does not help them learn from what they, you know, learn from the crime that they've committed. You're just throwing, you're just, you know, showing them the consequence of their action. Like you can learn the consequence of one of your actions and also learn from that shit, not just by being put in a cage, but, you know, being able to talk to someone about why you did what you did and you know, find a solution to help prevent you from doing that shit again mm. instead of putting motherfucking in jail for five years, letting them out. And that's why you have repeat offenders, like people that go to jail again for some of the same crimes because they never learned why they did the first crime in the first place. So they're just thinking, I mean, shit, there's nothing wrong with me, mm-hmm. but you let me back out. So if a motherfucker fuck with me again, the same shit gonna happen versus, you know, somebody going to jail, you know, seeking counseling and shit like that, therapy and all of the, you know, mental health um, advantages that a person can take advantage of, mm-hmm. you feel me, like, that'll keep people, that'll keep the, the um, what is it called, the um, mass incarceration rate down, you feel me, because people are learning who they are and why they, why they do certain things. There was an episode that this reminds me of. There was an episode of the Boondocks where Riley was going around spray painting and tagging like a whole bunch of shit. Like Riley was here and all the other random stuff. And people were thinking, Riley's just, you know, a bad kid. He just wants attention and all this other shit. <laughs> it was funny because it was an episode where they did like a parody of Bob Ross. But 
one yeah <laughs> you were talking about like how putting a person in jail doesn't really you know help them learn about their shit it's just the consequences of their actions one of the things that they did instead of like you know punishing Riley like you know you can't play video games and stay in your room one they made him clean up his mess which I think is a really great way for people to learn something like whatever you caused you know be the person to help fix whatever you caused, so that you know well one have empathy for people because your actions affect a lot of people and that was a way for them to show Riley that and then two they took him as a punishment quote-unquote to uh, this Bob Ross character to you know to paint and draw on paper and shit but they were able to figure out why Riley was actually spray painting all over shit because he didn't have a proper creative outlet so he just took to whatever it was that he could and it ended up being something bad but trying to you know figure Riley out instead of just casting him aside allowed him to create even more beautiful artwork than he was creating before but now with more of a purpose and him understanding why he was doing it and then towards the end like his fucking teacher ended up leaving and he was like what no don't go because you're the only person that gets what i'm trying to do and it was really fucking crazy was that that episode where riley was like doing like real nice ass graffiti yeah and the last one that he did was on his grandpa's house and it was uh his grandpa and his wife and they were like oh my god and then at the end clean that shit up yeah <laughs> <laughs> i remember that shit that shit was hilarious but that artwork was dope as mm-hmm. fuck. man that's just a prime example though like that's why i say this place is a fucking mental asylum because we don't enhance the tools that we need for mental health and shit like that like they're, they're it's not i won't say popular but it's it's not something that's just out there and people are like not afraid no, I don't want to say not afraid but it's, it's just not at our disposal as much as we need it to be there I, I don't want to use at our disposal because it's not something that you should just throw away but like something that we can just have access to easily you feel me like there should be like a, a, a mental health place as big as Walmart where you can go in you know and talk to you know somebody because there are multiple people in there that can help you mm-hmm. but instead we probably pass a mental health evaluation place or a place where people can get therapy and don't even know uh, it you don't even fucking know it, it exists like there aren't too many mental health commercials out there there aren't too many that, what? no i was just no you only let you finish but i was just thinking that in my brain i was thinking like you know how they would do uh like the drug psas or some shit like yeah. that like it's not cool to smoke or something like that they should do one it's cool to be mentally healthy yeah, <laughs> and they got real. like a fucking uh cartoon mascot like hey what are you doing and they're like man i hate my mom or like you know i'm a, <laughs> or like i'm a fucking bully this kid's like hey are you bullying this kid because your mom doesn't show you enough attention what you don't know me and then and he goes back to his mom and like the really lame cheesy commercial mom you don't show me enough attention and that's why i'm bad at school and it's yeah. just it's all really cheesy and corny but it has you like you get the message behind yeah. it i just think stuff like that that would be really cool to see those kind of commercials or like only you can prevent forest fires only you can like you know change your mental health or something yeah. That'd be really cool. And then at the end, like, they would give um, organizations for people to stop smoking or something. But this time it could be uh, different, like, a list of facilities that can help you with whatever you're going through. Like, hotlines that you could call or a number that you can call to find out um, what facilities are in your local area. Because not every commercial is going to be personalized to your city. Yeah. Yeah. That is still fucking useful. Mm-hmm. 
put that shit on radio stations, the commercials, the fucking news, because there are inf- that, there's an infinite amount of people that watch the fucking news. But how many of those people are evaluating their mental health? How many people care about their mental health? How many people know um, how watching the news and everything that the news is showing them affects their mental health? You feel me? But if the news got, you know, more positive things shown and also teaching about mental health and putting that shit in schools, like, we want to have this fucking problem. Well, like, I won't say we won't have this problem, but it'll lessen the problem. You feel me? Tremendously, I believe. <laughs> I was just thinking about, like, um, when we get more into, you know, the podcast and we have our talks and things like that, obviously, yeah. one of the things that we'll advocate for is mental health. <laughs> but I was thinking about when people ask us why we want to do it. I know one of the things to say, you know, we, we just want to help people who've been through some of the same stuff that we've been through. But I also thought about this, uh, this scene from the SpongeBob movie where they asked Mr. Krabs, what inspired you to open a Krusty Krab too? Money. <laughs> <laughs> and then they asked him something else and he was like, I like money. Damn. I'm going to say that shit. Like, what inspired you to, you know, go into mental health? Money. Damn. Like, you're a great big phony. Like, wow, they're really helpful, but they just want my money. Man. It's so hard because I'm healing, but my money. Money, man. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking I'm money. Motherfucker think it's a scam, but they're still healing in their life. They're yes. Just, you know, coming out of pocket a few dollars. Yes, sir. Wicked. I wonder what's the price to get a mental health evaluation. Probably really expensive. Shit's like food in the grocery store. A, a bag of chips costs a dollar. An apple costs a dollar and thirty-five. Like all the healthy shit is so much more expensive than the bullshit. Which I, I guess oh, there's God. some kind of understanding, but at the same time, it's like. The yeah, I think. For, at least for the grocery stores, I know that healthy stuff, the healthy, healthy stuff costs more than the uh, unhealthy stuff. One, because of demand, and two, because of the money that it takes to make it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, prices are high when it costs a lot for you to create whatever it is that you're creating, unless you just want massive profit. Like, Red Bull, for example, their shit is probably like $2 a can, but it takes 19 cents to make. That's just them wanting to make money, but it's still not a really expensive product. But for um, the meatless patties, it costs thousands upon thousands of dollars just to make a few patties because nobody's really putting in the money to create this stuff because there's not a high demand for it if there was a higher demand then there'd be more investors for stuff like this and then it could cost less to create the stuff that they're making and then it could be the same price as a bag of chips to just get like a regular meatless patty or a pack of um, meatless hot dogs but you can tell nobody is really fucking with it because of how small the certain sections are. At least Turkey now is getting a chance, but oh, fucking time. yeah, <laughs> but like when that meatless section in Meyer expands from that one piece next to the mushroom to like its whole aisle, like a frozen section, yeah. that's when you know that we've made it. I can see that. I was, I was gonna say my two reasons was one, the demand, and also you know personal choice. Yeah, like you, you choose what you want to put in your body, so you can't you know really. Blame grocery stores for that shit. But 
it's like nobody is asking for this shit. So the people that, you know, want it don't have enough of it or can't get enough of it because one, it's too high and two, it's not enough of that shit. Mm -hmm. Come on, bruh. I think that could also tie back into mental health too, though, because some people don't know that the foods that they're eating are making them sad and making them depressed and and it continues this vicious cycle of going back and doing shit like people who will unless you're aware or some shit like that but people who eat a lot of processed foods and don't exercise a lot and shit like that and you're not getting enough nutrients and not just for your body but for your brain like your brain needs just as much nutrients as the rest of your body you have to feed that shit and if you're not then it's not going to produce the right chemicals and you're not going to be thinking straight or properly like when you fucking like eat a bowl of like ribs or some shit like that and you try to go out and focus on the task you're like ugh, and you're fucking dragging and you're sloshing and slow you're like shit i can't fucking do this well that could in turn then affect your confidence and you're like man i can't fucking do anything when in reality if you had probably like had maybe a little bit of ribs with some rice and some asparagus you feel 10 times better you have all that energy and you'd feel more confident in yourself and know that you can do shit you can be up and active and now you're exercising and then that affects all this other stuff like the small stuff doesn't just affect one thing it affects everything just like how a person's actions don't just affect themselves they affect all kinds of people if if, when people realize that everything is more interconnected than they know then that can also be a part of the mental shift because people are selfish because they don't realize how much the shit that they're doing affects everybody because it it just seems so small i was thinking about like for example I bet you enough people could lift a semi-truck without the help of a tow truck. But they wouldn't know it because they don't realize if you just combine all your strength together, we could definitely lift this semi-truck. And if you would think, okay, well, if one person takes away, I mean, yeah, we could still be lifting it, but it just it'll be a little bit heavier like you'll you'll know the difference when somebody's like not pulling their weight or not there underneath the semi-truck trying to lift it because even though you think oh i'm just one person it won't make a difference yes it will with enough one people yes it will yeah i got you so i got to point this out that was a video it it got nothing to do with mental health it's just a funny that i gotta add this (laughs) video where this dude was crying he wasn't really crying but he was crying because his mom put uh, his pork chop. Well, he his, he had a bowl that was greasy, and he was like, "I don't want this bowl. <laughs> this bowl got spaghetti stains in it." She was like, "You gonna eat whatever I put in there?" He was like, "Well, who eat pork? Who, who eat pork chops in a bowl anyway?" <laughs> and earlier, you was like, uh, "Like if somebody eat ribs in a bowl." I was like, "Bro, who out here eat ribs <laughs> in a fucking bowl?" <laughs> That's in a bowl of ribs. <laughs> <laughs> you eat ribs in a bowl anyway. That shit had me. I was dying in my head when you said that shit. But I had to let you get the rest of everything out. No, I got you. It was, it was important. But that shit had me weak on the inside. That's actually a thing that happens to me in my life. I like to put everything in a bowl, most shit that would go on a plate, because it's going to get mixed up anyways. And I like to create some sort of poutine mush situation in my bowl. That's why I'll do like the rice and. Like layer it all on top, just give me all in the bowl. Yeah, and be eat it and scoop it up. All that mental health in the bowl. Mm-hmm. Nigga went from mental health to putting shit in the bowl. <laughs> I guess that's that's all I got on. Mental health. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs>